At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote what does every grocery store aisle now have in common Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. It's International Women's Day, so we did all the women of the world a favor. We gave Amal Shaw the day off. That means I need a ton of guests to help us overcome that. In 15 minutes, we're going to have Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports on. He'll join us uh, by Skype. We'll discuss with Frank the two big quarterback moves in the NFL today. Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay and Russell Wilson going to the Broncos in 45 minutes. Professor Aaron Moore of Ryder University breaks down some college basketball tournaments for us. But first... In studio, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Matt Metcalf, director of Circus Sports. Matt, thanks for taking the time this morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're always terrific on these shows and on the many podcasts that you do. I want to ask you a couple bookmaking questions first. Is conference tournament week with all these games, especially on Wednesday and Thursday, 68, 70 games, is this the most difficult week of the year for the bookmakers? I would say for bookmakers slash odds makers, it's probably one of them. Um, for a variety of reasons, I, I didn't really do as much college basketball odds making this year. As most people could probably tell, we didn't open the first number in the world like we did last year. But normally these weeks are such a sprint for me to kind of compile my power ratings, get through all the, the conference brackets and figure out what I think the odds should be, open up the futures prices for the conference tournaments, and then start hanging the games. And as the games are ending, you're trying to get the next game up. You know, we have a little bit of a reprieve this year, like I said, because we're not opening the first number in the world. So it's made it a lot easier. But normally, yeah, it's it's just starts here and you don't sleep for a month. Is it harder manually making the in-game number at the breaks on the NFL games? Because you do all the games. Let's say there's eight, nine, ten games in that morning window. Or trying to get all these halftime lines up with all these tournaments going on. I mean, both of them are kind of 
processes that you just kind of get used to because you do this more often. We have guys who specialize in that. So they get to a point where they know the situations, they kind of know the numbers. They like, they can just kind of throw up a number, honestly. I mean, it's not, I, you know, if you were doing it coming in cold and, you know, haven't watched an NFL game all year, had made a number, it'd be a little more challenging. But, you know, we've made halftime lines all year on every game. And so I wouldn't say that's a huge challenge to come in and make college basketball halftimes. I want to talk about less developed markets and what's scary or what's exciting about getting into them more. I wanted to use two examples. In Iowa with Circus Sports, they've asked for wrestling. Obviously, college wrestling, huge there. Dan Gable had the run of national titles. They're in the top five every year. Iowa State, a very good program. And women's college basketball seems to be an emerging market now. Most books aren't just booking the tournament, but booking regular season games for the top 25. What do you fear most about it, and what's most exciting about developing markets? I would say this is a touchy subject, or not, maybe touchy is the wrong word, but when we opened Circus Sports, we definitely had a limited amount of manpower, and we're focusing so heavy on high limits that you know I was very vocal about we're not doing these smaller markets. And people would come to me, and we had guys who were talented odds makers who wanted to do smaller markets, and I'd say, I, I appreciate the effort, but I don't want to put these on the board because, honestly, if I put up, you know, one smaller sport, then people are going to say, well, why don't you have this smaller sport? And I'm going to get in a, an argument about which one is better. I'm, I'm a big proponent of giving people whatever they want to bet on. But for us, it has to make sense from a handle standpoint. It has to make, be worth our time to make odds on it. So as you mentioned, yes, we've done college wrestling in Iowa. And I think that's kind of like a unique one-off, just kind of you know, to appeal to a new market where we're trying to get our foot in the door. Um, but I do agree with you that markets like women's college basketball, and you know men's men's uh, college baseball those are those are markets that we've seen a lot of traction on and i fully expect those markets to become mainstream within the next like three to five years and especially the women's college tournament you know as as long as the tv coverage keeps picking up you know i don't see any reason why that won't you know just keep uh, growing in popularity we're at another labor stalemate with major league baseball the latest rounds of meeting not encouraging owners saying the players are further away than they were in the first round. There's a real possibility we don't get Major League Baseball for a couple months or maybe all summer. How much uptick do you think in right and attention will there be on college baseball if that happens? I'd like to say a lot. I think it'll be pretty minimal. Um, but I do think there is a hardcore audience for college baseball that, that will maybe be more enthusiastic with, that, with no baseball or with no, no Major League Baseball going. Um, yeah, I, I don't see that really translating a ton into any other right besides maybe NBA. I, I just, I, I don't see it kind of spilling over into all these auxiliary sports or ancillary. Excuse Speaking me. with Matt Metcalf, director of Circus Sports, I heard you say on a podcast about a month ago that you thought Gonzaga was clearly the best team in the country. You also made the comment, if, if at some point Kentucky and Arizona were to get knocked out, maybe even early round of 16 or earlier in the tournament, Gonzaga should be worse than even money. Currently, right now, you can get the Zags at about 7-2 to two to win the national title. Do you think that's a good price to bet them at? No, I don't think 7-2 to two is. And an interesting side note, last night was the first Gonzaga game I've watched all year. So I did make that comment that they were five points better than the field before watching them. And after the first five minutes of the game, I was patting myself on the back, telling myself how smart I am. Um, and then they kind of blew the cover in the end. But I, you know, I, know I, I get very opinionated when I make odds, and... I like to like voice my opinion, especially when I'm in a private room when nobody is going to make fun of me for it. Um, so I did tell Matt Humans that five points thing. You know, when I said that, I believe it. But at the same time, I know the market, who knows more than me, probably thought it was a couple points. I, I still think it, at worst, they're three points better than Arizona. And to me, Arizona is kind of the clear-cut number two team. And I just think that Gonzaga, the way they've structured their program, you know, they're, they're playing, in essence, to win a national title. I almost compare it to like an NBA team 
who goes out there and the final goal, it doesn't really matter how you get there. They just want to peak at the right time. So I really see their ceiling being a couple, two to three points higher. And I really think that you've seen the best maybe out of a lot of these other teams. And so I just think once you get going in the tournament, the way Gonzaga plays and just their style, I, I think they have the potential to really be better um, than the field by a lot. But I would need at this point, I would say probably at least four to one. And I, I still would say five to one is, is the bet I would recommend. They play tonight, 6 o'clock right here in Las Vegas, the Orleans Arena, West Coast Conference Finals. This is a revenge spot for them. They beat St. Mary's in Washington by 16 earlier in the year. That was a push. They were a 16-point favorite. They were laying 10.5 at St. Mary's in Moraga. Only scored, I think, 21 points in the first half. Lost that game by 10. Tonight, they're a 12 or 12.5-point favorite at the Orleans. Any opinion on tonight's game? I mean, the two lines you just read to me says the line should be 14. So I, I would lay... I'd lay 12 all day, 12 and a half. I'm, I'm on the fence, but, but minus 12 would be a good bet if the number gets there. You're a Florida graduate, so you pay particular attention to the SEC. They have the tournament this year at Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay. Is that going to be enough to get your Gators maybe even one win in this tournament? Well, it's funny. I would say that in all the cities in Florida, the highest concentration of Gator fans is probably in Tampa. Tampa. So, you know, if you believe in any kind of home court, I, I don't really factor that kind of stuff in, especially on, on like a, a not off neutral site type thing. So, no, I don't I don't think that's enough to get them there. They're not they're not as bad as I think as they've been made out to be, but they're still, you know, a middle of the pack SEC team. Auburn ends up winning the regular season 15 and three. They were ranked one for a while. Kentucky and Tennessee tied for second 14 and four. Kentucky, the favorite uh, to win the tournament at plus 190, Auburn plus two. Th- uh, 35 Tennessee plus three dollars. Arkansas really hot late in the year. Went on that big run. The only game they lost was at Alabama. Beat Kentucky in a terrific game at the Wal- Bud Walton as eight to one. And Alabama twenty three to one. Any of those teams outside of Kentucky, you think have a legitimate shot of winning this tournament? I was just uh, talking about this with someone, but I, I do think Kentucky actually that price is a little high to me. I probably have Kentucky a little lower. Um, I actually didn't do our prices at Circus Sports, so I'm giving you plays into our lines, which I, I, w- I would think plus $2 to me would probably be a good bet if you could find it. I, I, really like, uh, I really like Alabama, and I know they've been kind of an up-and-down team, but I think they would draw Kentucky in the second round. I think they'd only be like, you know, at most like a six-point dog. You know, if they can pull off the upset there, I think they're as good as most of the other teams outside of being a little worse than Tennessee, but... I think if they can somehow get through Kentucky, I think 23-1 to 1 is, is not a bad bet. I think there's some value there. I'm going to give you another price I think is wrong, and, and it's not just here, but a lot of spots. Arizona minus 130 to win the Pac-12. Is that what number you'd make them? Yeah, I, I actually ran through some numbers this morning. Um, I did Pac-12, Big 12, SEC. That was probably one of the, uh, the numbers that I kind of ran into that I probably will bet myself. I, I had the number a little closer to $2 in Arizona. I, I just think they're the class of the conference. And I will concede that I think I've been a little off my number on UCLA all year. So I, I might have, um, I might be a little wrong there. UCLA might be better than I'm figuring them. But, but still, I think minus 180 is, is the floor for this price. I, I'm really confused by it. Saturday night at T-Mobile, we might likely might see UCLA, Arizona in the rubber match in that game. What do you make the number right now if that's the Pac-12 final? I knew you were going to ask me this question, and I'm so bad with UCLA <laughs> that, you know, I think my raw number says like says like six or seven. I, I I have a feeling this number would be closer to four or five, probably in the four and a half range. That's my that's my guess. I oh. I don't put in I didn't put in as much work as I usually do in these numbers. So yeah, I think it's three three and a half. I'm but but I'm taking Arizona. I bet Arizona at one twenty. I'd laid one thirty. I'd lay one forty as well. Real quick, should be a great Pac twelve or a Big Twelve tournament in Kansas City like it always is. Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech, Texas. Who do you like winning that event? I I just really have been so impressed with what Baylor's done in the past couple of years and. 
you know, I have a hard time betting against them. To me, they, they seem to have the best coaching staff in the, in the conference. You could argue me Texas Tech this is pretty solid, too. But I, 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 really like, I really like what Baylor's done, and they just know how to win in these big games now. And they, they you know, obviously with what they did last year, I, I'm, I'd probably be on Baylor in that conference. That, uh, if I could get, I don't know, anything over 2-1 to one seems decent to me. Yeah, they're plus 220, you can find out there right now. I'm on Texas Tech to make the Final Four at plus 675. I think... Mark Adams is the coach of the year. Just such tremendous defensive effort they give. Got about uh, 45 seconds. Coming up next month right here at Circa, the second Bet Bash. You were instrumental in bringing that event here. You want to tell the folks about it? Yeah, so uh, April 1st through April 4th at Circa Resort in Las Vegas. We are hosting the second annual Bet Bash. Or I hesitate to say annual. There might be more than one a year. Uh, Got together with uh, Spanky, who's a a well-known personality on Twitter, a professional sports better. And we decided, like, let's make this into a four-day event. So I think we have three open bars. We have a, uh, a panel with four different uh, lecture kind of series or, or, or guests on the panel. Um, and then we're also doing, uh, I think, a breakfast on Monday morning of the National Championship game where you're going to meet with professional bettors and also uh, famous bookies. And then Monday night, it'll culminate in the, uh, the National Championship game. We'll have an open bar for that at the uh, biggest sports book in the world right behind me. Man, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray. They have uh, insights on every key game conference a player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash madness. Up next, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VEASAN, the sports betting network. This segment of our program is being brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties and come in two strings so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit zen.com find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addiction chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. This is Mike Palm flying solo today as I, my co-host Amal Shaw lecturing at USC tonight uh, about gambling and uh, sports journalism at the uh, Annenberg School. So congratulations to him. And I want to say thank you to our next guest who normally appears on this show on Wednesdays. Mitch Album had Tuesdays with Maury. We have Wednesdays with Schwabi, but it's a Tuesday this week. Frank Schwab, senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports and gambling analyst, joins the program. Thank you, Frank. Uh, you know, he's lecturing at USC. I got lectured at Wisconsin a lot. Does that count? Like, I, I think that's it. And by the way, you know, I'm based here in Denver and I've been living under a rock for the last hour. Or so what's happened? Anything going on with uh, Denver, Colorado? Oh, I'm sure. I, I saw a headline rush to Denver, but I thought it meant Westbrook was going to the Nuggets. Find out <laughs> Russell Wilson has been traded to the Denver Broncos. What's your immediate reaction, Frank? I mean, it, it makes the Broncos uh, a real contender, I think. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Russell Wilson. You know, late last season, people were saying, oh, is, is he showing signs of age? He's struggling. The, the, the guy had major finger surgery and rushed back. And, and it, we talked about this on the show during the season. Congratulations to him for coming back. I admire his toughness for it. I respect what he did for his team to get back. 
but he gave he came back too soon. Obviously, he, Russell Wilson is still one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL in my mind. He's thirty three. There's no reason he can't keep playing for another four or five years at a really really high level. I don't think there's anything wrong with Russell Wilson at all. If you're asking me to rank the quarterbacks right now, he doesn't dip further for me than six seven. This is a major move for the Broncos, who, trust me, being based in Denver all these years, every single day that passes where I got to hear the names Case Keenum and Joe Flacco and Drew Locke and Trevor Simeon, it was just mind-boggling that this team couldn't figure out the quarterback situation. And then right after Rodgers, you know, re-ups with the Packers, they go out and make the biggest move you could possibly make after that. I, I, I respect the Broncos' aggressiveness here. The AFC West is just going to be ridiculous. And I do have to wonder what Seattle's doing. Look, they've always been a strange organization that way. They they march by their own drummer, all that kind of stuff. But how do you trade away a Hall of Fame quarterback when he's 33 years old? And in my opinion, has many years left. Maybe they know something that I can't really see, but I wonder where Seattle goes from here. But just an incredible move for Denver. I, I Hats off to their front office for pulling this off. Yeah, it's an aggressive move in a very tough division. You said you don't think that Russ is worse than the sixth or seventh best quarterback in the game, but where do you rank him within the AFC West? I know. It might be third. It really <laughs> might be. Like, I mean, obviously Mahomes is better. Herbert, I don't know. I mean, I think that they're they're pretty close. You could have an argument there. Uh, it, the AFC West is going to be ridiculous. And Raiders, Josh McDaniels has to be sitting there like, wait, I got six games this year. Guess who? What, who the quarterbacks are we facing? So, yeah, and the AFC West is just going to be ridiculous. Frank, um, other quarterback news this morning that was actually the headline until we heard about Russ is that Aaron Rodgers declares that he's going to return to Green Bay. I ask you this question in all seriousness. As a Packers fan having grown up in Wisconsin, are you relieved by this? frustrated by this or something else <laughs> i you know what I, i'm not as invested as a fan in, in the packers anymore so i can talk about it just to, from the outside looking in I, I don't see how look yes if there have been playoff failures of course has rogers rubbed some people the wrong way the past year sure why not but the green Bay packers are not better off without Aaron Rodgers. that's just a fact and they're still in a super bowl window I assume anyway that they're going to be able to do something with Devontae Adams. I don't I don't figure Rodgers was coming back if Devontae Adams wasn't part of that package. So I, the, the Green Bay Packers are still, to me, one of the, what, five Super Bowl favorites? Three Super Bowl favorites? I, I, yes, they've lost a lot in the playoffs. Make all your jokes right now. That's fine. But this is still a very good team. They've been getting the number one seed in the NFC the last two years. They've been getting the NFC championship games. They, they keep knocking on the door. Eventually, they're going to bang it down. and. I think Aaron Rodgers also knew, hey, you know, I got, I'm going to play this game for whatever reason, whether it was attention or just a contract leverage thing or just trying to prove a point. I don't know, but he had to know his best option to win a Super Bowl is in Green Bay, not going to Denver, which was going to have to give up a ton of picks to get him or anything like that. It's in Green Bay. He still has a shot at the Super Bowl to finish his career out the right way. I think it's a smart move for Rodgers. I think it's smart for Green Bay. And yeah, the playoff failures aside, this this should have happened. This was always the best move for everybody involved. Frank DraftKings has the Packers at nine to one to win the Super Bowl next year. No Brady in Tampa Bay. Um, Rams obviously didn't have to go through Green Bay this year. Uh, do you like that price right now at nine to one? And where do you make them? Are they the co-favorite or or second choice or even the favorite to come out of the NFC? I think you almost have to make them the favorite right now. We'll see what happens with Dallas. You know, they're moving some things around. They might not be the same team. Uh, we'll see what Tampa Bay's option is a quarterback. I don't know what it would be now. I, they have the roster around the quarterback, but I'm not sure that Kyle Trask has taken them very far. 
the only thing nine to one is tough just because things change so quickly. Taking any team at less than ten to one is a little tough. San Francisco might blow up if Trey Lance is the real deal, or Dallas just becomes really, really good with with how they're going to remake themselves, or even somebody like the Bears could come out of nowhere. Justin Fields hired. I don't know. It's it's just tough in the NFL year to year to predict something eight, nine months out, a nine-to-one price. But I'll see why they wouldn't be the favorite in the NFC. I think that them and the Rams are, are the two teams you look at and say, you know, these are probably the two best teams on paper. I do like the 49ers a lot, too. But, you know, if you'd like the Packers nine-to-one, it's not going up. You might as well get them now because I think that's going to get shorter by the time we kick off. Talking with Frank Schwab, senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. Uh, you won an award, Frank, or this this website tracked the NFL picks throughout the year. Everybody that posts picks in media, you had the best record. So congratulations. I want to talk Big 12 Conference Tournament because I think this might be one of the, the funnest events to watch here in terms of we don't really know the outcome. In Kansas City, I think even though with its proximity to Lawrence is still a very neutral site, we've seen Iowa State win it four out of six years. They bring fans from Texas from everywhere for this event. Baylor's your favorite to win the tournament at plus 220. Kansas, the second choice, plus 235. The team I've been backing, Texas Tech, plus 285. And Texas is plus $6. Who do you like to take the crown in Kansas City this weekend? I mean, you could get on me for being stubborn here, and, and you're probably right, but I like Texas. I like Texas at plus 600. I was actually at the Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday. I made the drive out there, kind of a bucket list thing. And I watched Texas. They should have won that game. I, I mean, they played great defense in that game. They finally look like a team that's coming together. We know they're really, really well coached. I have issues with Baylor as far as their injury situation goes. They're not fully healthy coming into this thing. Kansas, I mean, I don't know that they have the real high-end talent of your normal Kansas team. Texas Tech's very good. If they, if they took this thing, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But when you look at the prices you just put up there, 6-1 to one on Texas, I like that. This was a team we were talking about as a top-10 team before the season. They did great in the transfer portal. We knew it was going to take some time for Chris Beard to get that thing together. It just took more time than than they figured. I still think this team could beat anybody. If you if you can go into Kansas, Allen Fieldhouse, when they're playing for a Big 12 title, take them to overtime, probably should have won that game. You could beat anybody, especially on a neutral. I, I really like Texas. And again, maybe I'm just chasing something that we thought Texas was going to be in November. But I really think that's a, a team with a high-end talent to go in there and shake things up in that part. Frank, do you agree with the steam on Iowa? Iowa, the second choice to win the yeah. Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis at plus 340. Had the lead in Champaign uh, on Sunday. Illinois comes back to win that game by two. I know the big uh, X factor is Johnny Davis and how healthy he's going to be. But is Iowa worth a shot at 340? I think they are. I- I'd pick them. I-, I really think that they're a quality team. They get put up buckets. Played really well in Illinois. They just, I mean, you, you lose at Illinois. I played for a Big Ten title. Yeah, okay, that's going to happen. Uh, but I still like what they've done. The only thing to, to pro- is problematic with Iowa is their lack of quality wins. I mean, you hate to go into a conference tournament like the Big Ten and say, they haven't really beat anybody. You don't have any great wins on your resume. Like, go get them in you know, at the Big Ten tournament. So that's a problem. But you kind of poke holes in everybody else. I don't know how healthy Johnny Davis is. I guess he's going to play. He, he got Big Ten Player of the Year today and said, I'll be fine for the tournament this week. I'd rather have Wisconsin sit him out, to be honest. As a Wisconsin alum and somebody who does root for Wisconsin Badgers, sit out Johnny Davis. Nobody remembers who won the Big Ten tournament. Uh, so you look at the other teams, there's all flaws there. Purdue's defense. I'm not sure Illinois is as great as we thought. So Iowa, to me, at that price, looks pretty good. 
Uh, we got about uh, 45 seconds, Frank. Gonzaga plays St. Mary's tonight in the big uh, <clears throat> West Coast Conference title game. They're a 12-and-a-half-point favorite, plus 350 to win the national championship. Do you like either of those bets, laying the 12-and-a-half tonight or the national championship odds? I mean, we just saw St. Mary's dominate Gonzaga. I, I get that that was a road game, and maybe Gonzaga's upset, and they're just going to lay the wood there. But, you know, I had USF last night getting a ton of points. They got in the back door. I'll probably be on St. Mary's t- tonight. I just think that's too short of a price. And this tournament's going to be wide open, Mike. I mean, you can make a good case for, I think, 10 to 12 teams, really, to win it. Uh, and I, I just I, I can't lay that low of a price. I think Gonzaga probably is team probably deserve to be the favorite but i'm not in the business of laying plus 350 in a wide open tournament like this frank appreciate you changing your schedule up and coming on a day early talk to you next wednesday appreciate it the kfc chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer that's why it's finger looking good order the kfc chicken sandwich today or the big box i like the big box with all the sides coming up we have six conference championship games tonight we'll break down each of them This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Check out VSIN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24 7 stream of VSIN experts. Tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from Sportsbook in Vegas and across the country. Download the VSIN Best Bets podcast now at slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here on a Tuesday conference championship week in full swing, and we have six conference tournament title games today, six automatic bids to the NCAA tournament. Let's go through each of those games, and at the end we'll give my picks as well as Amal Shaw had a pick from yesterday that's underway. We'll give an update on that. Let's start out with the ASUN championship game. This is early here today, 2 p.m. on the West Coast on ESPN2 from a great venue, one of the great halls of college basketball, Freedom Hall in Louisville, Kentucky, between Jacksonville and Bellarmine. Now, both these teams finished second on their side of the A-Sun. Jacksonville second in the East, Bellarmine second in the West, and both of them beat the one seeds out of their own divisions in the conference semifinal game to make it to the championship game. Jacksonville beat Jacksonville State 54-51 as a six-point road dog. Remember, the game's played at the higher-seeded home court in this tournament. And Bellarmine beat Liberty 53-50 to as actually a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Before the tournament started, Jacksonville was 6-1. to Bellarmine was 10-1. to They were the third and fourth choices to win this event. They meet in the title game. They've met twice, uh, or excuse me, one time during the course of the year, and it was at Bellarmine's home court, Freedom Hall in Louisville. Bellarmine was a six-point home favorite in that game on January 22nd. The game went to overtime, where Bellarmine prevailed 76-73. to Tonight, Bellarmine a two-and-a-half-point home favorite with a total of 121-and-a-half. I do not have a play on this game. Uh, I would lean to Bellarmine, but question the fact that, one, uh, Bellarmine was a six-point home favorite in their regular season matchup, and now only two-and-a-half tonight. That's a a three-and-a-half-point move with games played on the same court, unless the public is not paying attention to where this game is being played and think that it's at a neutral site game. Also, that they were favored over Liberty in the semifinal when Liberty won their side 
of the division here. I lean Bellarmine tonight, but a little bit wary about this number. I kind of smell a rat in this spot. Let's move on to the Northeast Conference Final. That's at 4 o'clock Pacific on ESPN2. This is from um, the Chafe Athletic Center in Smithfield, Rhode Island, home court for Bryant. It's second-seeded Wagner, who went 15-3 and during division play this year in the Northeast against the top-seed Bryant, who went 16-2. and Wagner beat Long Island as a five-and-a-half-point favorite in the semifinal matchup, 82-62, covering that number easily. Bryant did not cover. They were a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against Mount St. Mary's. They won that game 70 to 69. Before the tournament started, Wagner, the two seed, was the second choice, plus 125. Bryant, the favorite, plus 115. Both very low odds, and of course, they meet in the title game. They played at Wagner uh, at the same venue on January 6th. Wagner was an eight-point favorite. They won an overtime um, 84 to 81. They played at Bryant on February 26th, a game played very recently, uh, also in Rhode Island. Bryant was a five-point favorite at home and won 78 to 70. Tonight, Bryant lane three with a total of 150. Uh, haven't seen either of these teams play this year. Uh, lean a bit here to Bryant having, having covered by eight at home in the earlier matchup with Wagner. But Wagner, certainly more impressive in the semifinal game than Bryant was, uh, having to come back to win that game against Mount St. Mary's. Let's talk about one of our favorite conferences this year on Odds On, the Colonial Athletic, and our fascination why UNC Wilmington has not been given any respect the entire year long. Again yesterday, they were a dog in the conference semifinals against the College of Charleston, catching two. They win to advance to the final 60-57. to And good news for UNC Wilmington, Towson, who was the one seed and favorite to win the tournament at even money, lose by 13 to Delaware. Uh, Towson, a five-point favorite in that game. Delaware led from the get-go and win the game 69-56. to Lo and behold, UNC Wilmington, 15-3 in conference play, is an underdog to fourth-seeded Delaware, who is 10-8. Delaware lane 2.5 with a total of 133. They played the game at Wilmington on January 29th between these two. Wilmington was a four-and-a-half-point home dog. They won that game 70-68. Then they played in Delaware where Wilmington was a five-point road dog, and they won that game 69-62. They've beaten this team twice. They've done everything they had to do in the conference this year, and they're still catching two-and-a-half. I'm going to take Wilmington plus the two-and-a-half for a small play today. Moving on, Horizon League Championship, also at 4 o'clock. This game on ESPN from Indianapolis, the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Both lower seeds won their semifinal matchups last night. If you were following the playbook, we had Northern Kentucky as a two-point favorite against uh, Fort Wayne. They won that game convincingly, 57-43. to But we also had Cleveland State, and they got behind early and never really mounted a comeback in that game. Wright State dusted them off, 82-67. Wright State, remember, was a two-point underdog on the overnight, closed a one-point favorite against Cleveland State. So now the three-seed Northern Kentucky meets the four-seed Wright State tonight. Wright State was plus 380 as the third choice to win the tournament beforehand. Northern Kentucky, the fourth choice, was plus 425. These teams met twice during the year with the Norse of Northern Kentucky winning both matchups. They won in Northern Kentucky on 125 uh, on January 25th by 10. Northern Kentucky was a two-point home dog at that point. And then in Dayton at Wright State last month, uh, Northern Kentucky won as a six-point road dog, 75-71. We're going to have a play on this game in the playbook coming up here in about two and a half minutes. 
We mentioned twice already on the program the West Coast Conference Finals tonight, 6 o'clock on ESPN from the Orleans right here in Las Vegas. 17th ranked and two-seeded St. Mary's. Top seed and number one team ranked in the country overall, Gonzaga. They split the season series, Gonzaga winning by 16 up north in Washington. When they when they went to St. Mary's in the Bay Area uh, last month, St. Mary's was a 10.5-point road dog on that Saturday night that saw every team ranked one through six in the country lose. St. Mary's beat Gonzaga 67-57. Neither team covered in the semifinal matchup last night. St. Mary's got off to a pretty big lead, a double-digit lead against Santa Clara early, but won the game 75-72, lane 5.5. Gonzaga was up 21 on San Francisco, but only won by 10, not covering the 14.5. Tonight, Gonzaga laying up to 13 now with a total of 140. Pre-tournament, Gonzaga was minus 360. St. Mary's was plus $5. They're now plus $6 after having advanced to the finals. And then in a good matchup in Sioux Falls, South Dakota tonight in the Summit League final, it's second-seeded North Dakota State against top-seeded San Diego State. As I suggested yesterday, but didn't have the courage of my convictions, Oral Roberts struggled when traveling up north. They had gotten waxed um, by North Dakota State when playing in North Dakota earlier in the year. This game in South Dakota last night, North Dakota State closed a one-point favorite, beat Oral Roberts by 20. South Dakota State was laying nine to in-state rival South Dakota. They won handily. I think they put up 55 in the first half in that game. They won by 23-83-60. South Dakota State won both meetings in the regular season between these two. At North Dakota State, they won by four, 90-86 as a two-and-a-half point favorite. On January 29th at South Dakota State, they were a nine-point home favorite uh, and won 80-76, not covering the number. Tonight, they are six points on the neutral uh, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, should be an electric atmosphere tonight. High total here of 150. When you take a look at this South Dakota State team, they come in into this campaign undefeated in conference play, 18-0, 20-0 when you consider the two tournament games. Overall, 29-4. Who were their four losses? They lost in Tuscaloosa to then 14th-ranked Alabama. Um, they lost to Washington in a holiday tournament. They lost at Idaho and at Missouri State. This is a very good team that I think will get some attention in the tournament, whether they end up on the 12, 11, or maybe even the 10 line. I like South Dakota State in this matchup. Don't particularly want to lay the six in the big rivalry game, though, in this spot. Let's take a look at the playbook for today. Amal gave out a play yesterday, and this is in the first round of the ACC tournament. Amal absolutely loved Boston College in this spot against Pittsburgh. Laid uh, two points, I believe, yesterday. One and a half for two. One and a half. I went to two, two and a half. Right now, 344 left in the first half. Boston College leading Pittsburgh. This is at the Barclays Center in New York, 24 to 22. I have two plays. I'm going to take this Arizona. I, I finally pulled the trigger here to win the Pac-12 tournament. Look. They lost at Colorado in a bad spot where they were in Utah and Colorado on a Thursday and a Saturday playing at elevation in those games. They ran out of gas in the second half, uh, and then they lost that game in front of that crowd at UCLA. They've been absolutely dominant. I think they are clearly the second-best team in the country. They come here to Vegas. They'll have tremendous amount of support from all the people coming up from Tucson. They call T-Mobile McHale North for this Pac-12 tournament. Worst-case scenario where the cheapest favorite they'll be is if they meet UCLA in the title game. I cannot see USC beating them. They've dusted USC twice in L.A., and in Tucson, if they do face off against UCLA, I think they'll be a significant favorite, three and a half or four. I think in that spot in the title game, they'd be around 165 or 170. 
If you wanted to hedge back, if you wanted to take UCLA in that spot, you're probably going to get a plus 145 or plus 150, uh, or maybe even try to get a middle with plus four. And then I'm going to go with Northern Kentucky again tonight. I was really impressed with their defensive effort against Fort Wayne last night. They were absolutely terrific. Wright State's hot, but I like Northern Kentucky only laying one in this spot. I think they defend very well, and I think they have very good set offense. When we come back, we're going to talk to Professor Moore from Ryder University about the ACC and Big East tournaments. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21, terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1 800 9 With It in Indiana. 1 800 Bets Off in Iowa. 1 800 522 4700 in Nevada. Welcome back in to Odds On. Mike Palm flying solo today. Our friend Amol Shaw in Southern California tonight, lecturing at the Annenberg School, a class on. Uh, sports and media and sports gambling and media, uh, which is right up this gentleman's alley. Uh, Professor Moore from Ryder University joins the program right now. He's a frequent guest of the network, and it's always a pleasure to have you on, Professor. Thank you for the time this afternoon. Of course, Mike. My pleasure. It's great to be here without a mall. I feel like I'm at the, I'm at the Sands, and I only have Frank. I don't have Dino next to him. <laughs> great analogy. <laughs> Professor, how much do you draw from Duke's loss to North Carolina in Coach K's home game? Obviously, that was the ESPN focus this weekend. But this was actually his worst home season in ACC play where he coached them in terms of ad- average margin of victory. And they lost three times at home as a double-digit dog, including an 11.5-point favorite to Carolina. Is Duke going to get a one seed here? And do you like them at a short price to win the ACC tournament? Or where else are you looking? A lot to break down there, Mike. First off, I don't think anything about that game. There's so many factors going on. They lost it. Very hard to put all those things together. I do think the bigger concern is of what you said, how many games Duke has already lost at home. One of the things I'm looking at for Point Spread Weekly this week is trying to find common denominators of the top teams. And Duke is one of the few teams that's really played poorly at home of all those top contenders we're talking about. So I think the overall problems at Cameron Indoor Stadium are the issue. The game against North Carolina, that's a one-off problem for them. That being said, I took Duke. I got them about minus 110 to win the ACC tournament right when it came out because there really is only one, two, maybe three teams if you want to put Miami in there. So I like Duke getting that short number because North Carolina, they got their win. But I think this is going to be a good uh, assist for Duke having that loss at home moving forward now. I want to ask you a follow-up question because I keep looking at this in the markets that have yes, no prices. I don't understand the love for Virginia Tech here as the third choice at almost every book here. I'm looking at us. I found a spot. I can lay $12. Now, I know it's a big price. No on Virginia Tech winning the ACC tournament. What would you think of that bet? I think it's a good bet, even though it's minus $12, because it's a Duke 
tournament. And now we see a little bit more of North Carolina. So for Virginia Tech to win, you're going to have to have Duke lose. You're going to have to have North Carolina lose. Even a, a Notre Dame, that might be a sweetheart team some people have. So in order for Virginia Tech to jump as high as the odds boards say they have to, a couple other better teams have to lose. And I don't like that combination at all. Professor Moore, I want to turn our attention uh just move down the road here. Obviously, the ACC tournament at Barclays, Madison Square Garden hosting the Big East tournament. Villanova, your favorite at plus 140 currently to win the event. Uh, UConn, second choice, plus 380. Providence, the regular season champion by winning percentage, uh, plus 575. Marquette uh, at plus $8 here. It, do you look at this as a Villanova tournament to lose like you do Duke in the ACC, or perhaps are you looking at another spot that has value? I think there's two options when it comes to the Big East tournament. It is Jay Wright at at the top where you can get him just over plus money, or I'm going to look a little bit deeper and maybe at a Marquette because there's very little variance, I think, in the Big East. So for me, it's two choices. Do you go with Villanova, the tried and true commodity, or do you try to put your money in and get a little bit better of some ROI and look at a team like Marquette that plays that type of defense that might be able to play well for two, three, four tournament games? UConn and Providence, good. I think they almost uh, counteract each other. So for me, it's looking at Villanova or it's looking at Marquette. But that being said, it's really hard not to take Jay Wright to win the Big East tournament. You look at what happened last year with Georgetown out of nowhere comes and wins that game and wins that tournament. I still think it's the Jay Wright Invitational and you have to decide do you want to take him or are you going to look to get a little bit bigger bang for your buck with a team like Marquette. Speaking of Jay Wright, when you look at the overall NCAA tournament, how important is the coach in handicapping a team when you look at making it to make the Final Four bet or to win a national championship bet? And I use Jay Wright as the example. He's been there. He's done it. His teams are fundamentally sound. Maybe not the most talented team this year, but how much weight do you give that in your handicap? I put a tremendous amount in the head coach, and I think college basketball, more than any other sport, you look at the head coach and you project how he is going to be able to not only do the X's and O's, to handle the schedule, to handle the travel, to handle all the media. The NCAA tournament is very unique. It's almost like a weekly Super Bowl. And I think you have to look at not only X's and O's and obviously the talent that coach has, but the uh, the uh, ability to call on what you did earlier, either as a head coach or an assistant coach, because the travel is different. The schedules are different. The shoot arounds are different. And you want to have a coach that is there to win it not a coach who is going through the process. And I think we see a lot of coaches early on in their career go through the process. Jay Wright, obviously he knows what to do. We're talking to Professor Aaron Moore, professor at Ryder University. He's a great follower on Twitter, at PubRelationProf, P-U-B RelationProf, P-R-O-F. I want to talk a little bit of Big 12, Professor Moore. I have Texas Tech at plus 675 to make the Final Four. When we look at specifically the Big 12 tournament odds and played in Kansas City once again this year, Baylor is your favorite and defending national champions, by the way, at plus 220. Kansas, the second choice at plus 235. Texas Tech, plus 285. Texas, 6-1. to When I look at the games here, Texas Tech swept Texas. Texas Tech won convincingly at Baylor 
and at home against Baylor in Lubbock. Texas Tech beat Kansas by daylight as a seven-point underdog in Lubbock and took them to two overtimes in the fog in Lawrence. Tell me why I shouldn't take a piece of Texas Tech here at plus 285 in Kansas City. Well, it sounds like I'm going to preach to the choir, Mike, because Texas Tech is my play in this. And I look at it very similar to what you were saying. I'm going to look at only those top four teams. And my first move when I handicap is I'm going to take my pen and go right through Kansas. I have no confidence in them. They should have lost that game to Texas. Baylor is just, there's too much uncertainty. As much as we want to see them do well because they have the track track record, obviously Scott Drew does, there's just too many injuries. LJ Cryer is day-to-day. It becomes difficult to bet on a team where their best player is day-to-day and they're only getting about two to one on your money. Texas, I think, is six to one because once again, to go back to the coach, Chris Beard has a certain cachet when it comes to people looking at him, looking at his teams. They do well in a tournament. And I think that creates the value on Texas Tech. As strange as it is, they're one of the best stories in college basketball this year. They're almost being overlooked in their own tournament. And look at how well they did at home on the road in the Big 12. So I think that three to one ballpark for Texas Tech is a fantastic value because you've got the four teams at the top, very likely the champion is going to come out of there. And I think we can take away Kansas and Texas. I just, we're waiting for Texas to be the team we all thought Texas would be. It hasn't happened yet. Texas Tech is a little bit more of a a known commodity of those four big 12 teams. We've got about a minute left, Professor. You've been very good at writing uh, and handicapping voted on awards. I want to talk about college basketball coach of the year. I'll give you three candidates, Ed Cooley uh, at Providence, Tommy Lloyd at Arizona, and Mark Adams at Texas Tech. Who do you think is winning the award? It's a really good question to think who's going to win the award because what I always look when I handicap this, it's not what you and I, like who we think should win the award. It's going to be who do the media members most uh, gravitate towards when betting that. I think Tommy Lloyd has that Gonzaga connection with him. So what he's doing is not overly surprised, even though he turned Arizona immediately into a top three team. I think Texas Tech is a little bit still on the frontier, so to speak, of the, of media coverage. So if I had to think about who the journalists, who the media members would vote for, I'm going to go with Ed Cooley out of the Big East, bigger media market in the whole greater New York City area. So I think Ed Cooley is going to get a little bit more of a push from his place in the media market. Professor Moore, we appreciate the time. Hopefully we talk to you again next week once we know the bracket for the big tournament. My pleasure, Mike. Good luck to you. By the way, Boston College, Amal's choice at minus one and a half yesterday, up 33-22 on Pittsburgh at halftime. Hope you're tailing them and you tail my two picks tonight. Good luck to all of you. Stay tuned. Next up, it's betting across America.